depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange green, same page, safe place, therapy is great, and this ain't the same, but we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. Hey, 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 Sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm Katie Dahl, and I am so happy to have you here just in my cozy corner of the internet. So today, today, we have a special episode for you. I think this will give you a lot of inspiration because this person has been in my life for... I'd say about three or four years now, and is always pushing me and motivating me towards my biggest dreams and is one of those people who believes in you sometimes more than you believe in yourself. And I think we all need someone like that in our lives. So a disclaimer, if you're new here, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I am not a doctor. I'm just someone who really, really cares about your mental health. On to this episode today, guys. So today we have Brian Pataka, who is a life, career, and business coach, and he helps creatives get what they want without suffering. He also hosts the brand new podcast, Brian Breaks Character. And it is a really fun listen. So if you're into what I'm doing here, it's it's a very good cousin to this podcast. Topics that we're covering in today's episode are how to discover your mission statement and purpose in life. Growing up gay in Ohio, how that was for Brian and how it shaped him as an adult. Balancing your left brain and your right brain as a creative person. And why the starving actor cliche or starving artist cliche is total fucking garbage. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode. My guest today is someone who is near and dear to my heart. Let's be full disclosure here, okay? So he actually has been my personal coach, career coach for almost four years and is honestly the best cheerleader and hype man at the same time is realistic. He's firm. He's not going to tell me everything's unicorns and rainbows when it is like a shitstorm. Also, he is hosting a new podcast where called Brian Breaks Character, where he interviews creatives and entrepreneurs and they give advice, funny anecdotes, and they spill the tea on how they are successful in their fields. Uh, so yeah, Brian Pataka, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I feel so honored to be here. And I love that you shared that you you know me as a coach and as a client because it just gives me so much more freedom to talk about our relationship. And yeah. also that was like the great, you're like the best hype person too. Like that was like, you could be my wing person anytime. Like that was, I really appreciate that intro. I'm oh, trying to absolutely. live up to it today. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, t- I literally, any of my actor friends or even filmmaker friends, creative friends who can't figure their shit out. I send them to you or I, I like tell them your name. I send them your way because it's it's a really difficult path that I have chosen and that everybody else in the entertainment industry has chosen. And there is not a roadmap. So having someone who is willing to help you figure out your own individual roadmap, because there is one, mm-hmm. like that's amazing. 
Yeah. Well, I also think, and what you're saying, I think is so important. I think this applies to your audience specifically is, you know, I can give you like, here's the step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but you and I both know all the feelings are going to come up between steps one and two. And you're like, I'm still stuck on step one because I have all these feelings about putting myself out there or taking up more space or any of that stuff. And so, um, so much of creative coaching, or I think coaching that gets to the heart of things is coaching that can hold the emotional space you're in while also saying, here's the actions we're going to take, as opposed to just barreling ahead. I'm going to take action without any feeling, which is like, so not, not the people who are listening to this podcast, let's just say, like we value feelings. We say feelings matter, right? We do. And actually in the spirit of feelings mattering, uh, I like to just like right off the top, we need to do a mental health check-in. So I want to know, Brian, mental health check-in, how, how are we feeling right now today? Today, you know, it's, I love that question because it gave me permission to really uh, check in with myself. Like I did a slow, like scanning of my body of checking in. And mm-hmm. I have to say, so last night I went to this super fun, like roller skating event. Um, and I like, it like really like, and I was like, okay. And my friend's producing and I was like, oh, who knows if this will be fun. And like, it totally pumped me up and made me feel so good. And I feel like I'm still riding on like, not even the fumes, but just being like, oh, I still know how to have fun even though I was in a pandemic for a year. Like I sometimes feel like I don't even know what it's like to be out in the world anymore. And so it just was such almost like a reassurance that, oh, I'm fun. I have fun. I know how to have fun. Like I'm, I'm a fun person. So, cause some part of the pandemic may feel like, am I a person who stays at home? Like, and I began to identify with the prescribed behavior of being in my house all the time. And so this was just such a reaffirming, like, oh no, you're more than that. You're able to be more than that. So that was really, so I'm still riding high on that. I think a bit today feeling pretty, um, loose. And also, you know, we're having this conversation around lunchtime and had a little lunch in me. And when I've got a little food in me, I'm always in a better mood. (laughs) Oh my God. Same. Yeah. We, you are fun. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I've been thinking about that a lot where we, we had this full year or longer of a radical shift in our lives. We're just staying home and not doing anything quote unquote fun. Like you're just on zoom calls all day. And then hanging out on the couch all night i'm guessing i don't know that's what i was doing same (laughs) and it's like is this who i am now is this what i like have i chosen all of this for myself do i want to keep choosing this and now it feels like at least for me and maybe maybe you as well that there's like a new clean slate like okay who do i want to be in this new version of the world that's going to exist Yeah. And I'm, and one of the things I'm kind of giving myself this rule, it's not a rule, but I'm trying to live by anytime there's an opportunity to get out of the house and go somewhere that I feel like we'll be safe. I'm saying yes. Like I'm saying yes to as many things as I possibly can, because I need to reestablish that like habit inside of myself of like going places. It just is not coming as, it's not coming as organically for me to say yes to go places. And so I'm really trying to, anytime someone's like, do you want to come to the opening of an envelope? Yes, I will be there. Like, <laughs> I am I am available for anything that anyone wants to do. Yeah. She's she's ready. She's, she's ready. ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm I'm into it. So I know a lot about your journey just because we've known each other for a while, but I I want everyone else to know more about, you know, like when I first met you and I still think this about you. You just seem so well adjusted. And like everything is so organized and so put together. Like, does this man have a bad day? Oh. Has, like, that's the impression I get, right? And not in a bad way at all. I'm just like, wow, I want some of that 
magical pixie dust, right? Has that always been the case for you? Or did you have to learn how to get there? And, and how did you do that? Like cultivating that positive attitude and all like, yeah, yeah. All I feel like just... I, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm like, I feel like I need to have a sit down with God and ask questions about what, what, what did he mix together in the brew to make me if, if you're a God <laughs> person or universe, whatever, like, let's talk about what you put into the ship, the witch's cauldron. Um, I'll say, I think I've always been a pretty sunny sided person. Mm -hmm. I think I was born sunny side up, I could say, but I also think, um, I will credit my mother with a lot of how I see the world. My mom, my, my mom raised as, was a single parent, uh, and she raised me and my little brother. And I think there was something about being the man of the house as a young person, which I'm sure there's things that came out of that that weren't good. But one of the things it did was kind of a self-sufficiency around helping others and like, helping my mom while she's working all day. And then, you know, we were latchkey kids and coming home after school and trying to take care of my little brother. And I think that something around finding purpose in helping her, helping us as a family, uh, being focused on the impact that I had on other people kind of rooted me in something beyond, I don't know, ego, I guess. Yeah. This you're. Is, I'm, getting you're I'm really going there for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I love so this. Something around that. I think something around that. It Absolutely. helped a little bit. Yeah. But I say, I have bad days. Don't, how dare you? No, I <laughs> no I'm, every human has bad days. I'm just saying like, you know, you, you, you put a good face on it. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I love it. I will say my bad days tend to be, uh, now are cranky. Mm -hmm. I would describe myself as cranky and a little, I become disappointed in myself. I can move a little slower and then I get doubled down on feeling cranky with myself or moving slower. And generally, you know, I have come to this place where if I'm going through something like that, I really have a firm belief that unless something is, is diagnosed or that it is chronic, that sometimes when we slow down or emotions slow us down, it's a way of the universe clocking us and saying, Hey, don't go too fast here. Like don't miss whatever you're meant to learn in this moment. And that isn't to say that every time, I really want to be really clear because we're talking about mental health here, that, that every time it is not like, you need to be here in the spot to figure out a lesson. That's not the case. But with my, at least with my own technology, that if I'm being slowed down by something or feeling cranky, it's probably because some new idea is trying to be birthed or someone's like, don't rush by what you just did. You need to, there's a lesson for you to learn. So that's been kind of a helpful perspective to me. So I can be mad at myself and be cranky and also go, fine. I'm pissed off. What is it that I'm supposed to be looking at? Like, what is it the thing that you want me to see here universe? Cause I guess I better see it before I take the next, before I move along. And then generally I'll be able to figure out a little bit. Yes. A hundred percent. It's not graceful. It's no. not great. I was, it's not graceful at all. It's totally clunky. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, that really resonates with me. It actually happened to me last week where I was pushing myself really hard. Um, I had just come back from vacation in Mexico. I was uh, not TMI, but just like like Cliff's Notes, desperately ill uh, from <laughs> whatever I ate in Mexico. Oh. We're, we're good now. Uh, and I was still trying to push through that plus a million other things I had on my plate to get this other creative project done. And the universe just knocked me on my ass and was like, nope. No, miss, you're not going to do that this week. No, ma'am. And I tried no, and then yeah. like just ended up like a like a sobbing mess on the floor. And I was like, okay, you know what, Katie? Like, 
Let's listen to what's happening here and maybe uh-huh. just give yourself some grace. And also, like you were saying, just kind of what I've noticed is that we have our own ideas about our lives and what it is that we want to do and the timeline we want to accomplish things on. But like you have to quiet down and listen to what's actually happening in the world around you. And if you're only listening to what's in your own brain it's uh, you got problems. You got problems. <laughs> Things aren't going to go well. I was like, and I also think you know, like there's there are people. There are people that I wish I was. That are people who like will experience what you were going through. Where like your body's like, no, I'm going to be upset. Like I, like that like will catch can like catch it faster. Then go like, oh, I'm going through something right now. Let me slow down. Like there's like a, like somatic therapists who like can help you learn when your body's slowing you down. But like mm. I feel like that might be someone I need to see next. There's someone who can help me like get in touch with that because then. I wouldn't be like, what is going like cranky for the first five hours? And like, oh, that's what's happening. Cause like it does art, we have such a, I think, belief in our own capacity that it's mm-hmm. very rare that we'll go, oh, I'm feeling a little depressed today. Or I, I'm yeah. feeling a little low about something, right? It takes us a while to like acknowledge. So you're a career coach and yeah. you're mostly focused on creatives. And yeah. I would love to know. Like you discovered that that wasn't something that you grew up wanting to do. So how did you discover that as your purpose in life? And uh, like how and when did that happen for you? No, I wanted to tell, I wanted to have a talk show in my basement with my friends with like sheets pulled, hung up on the walls beside me and have, make all my friends sit down next to me and do a show for our stuffed animals and make all my family come down and do my talk show. Like, that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Yes. Right? And then, right. <laughs> and then eventually it was like, oh, I want to be an actor. Uh, and I fell head over heels in love with acting. I think it was also an escape. I grew up in a very conservative high school. Mm-hmm. Um, not religious conservative, just conservative. Like every, there's like one black person, one Asian person, everyone else is white, one Jewish person. We knew who all three of those people were because there were only those three people in our school. And Where was two, this in, town? In, in, it's in Mentor, Ohio, which is outside of Cleveland. Okay. Not a small town. It's actually the largest three-year high school in all of Ohio. Like there were 2,700 people in my high school. So big school. Just not diverse. Not diverse. And so gay was not an option. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up. So I think like me being me acknowledging that I was gay was not going to be okay for me to live with in that scenario. It was too like people make fun of people. It was not okay. So I think that acting was my way of like finding some of my people that I could be comfortable around. Right. Um, and so, and I fell in love with it and I went to Northwestern to study acting and I went to New York city and I was an actor and I was making my living as an actor and I loved it. My first two years, I, I was also very Midwestern that when I went to New York city, I had to have a job before I'd go to New York. And so I worked in advertising for like two and a half years and I'd always loved words and images. And so I did this job for two and a half years, walked into my boss's office one day and said, I got to quit. I don't want to grow up to be you one day. He was a friend. (laughs) (laughs) He was a friend. So it was okay to say that. Uh, And like, I got in a show almost right away. And I did, I was in uh, an off-Broadway show for like two and a half years. And then I did uh, tons of commercials and was doing TV and was doing theater in New York. And like, I was having a pretty full actor life. And at the same time, I would find myself backstage with the actors from my show or the actors that I was on set with. And I would be like, what's going on in your career? Oh, why don't you try this? And like, I was helping them kind of quietly on my side. And I figured out pretty quickly that I was good at it. And I really think that coming from Northwestern, going into advertising and just like putting on a brain of like our job in an an advertiser's job is to compel someone to take action, whether that is to buy a ticket to a Broadway show, which is what 
I worked in advertising agencies. Our jobs were Broadway shows. And in I was not, I'm not marketing myself. I'm marketing a Broadway show. So I had that distance from what advertising was as opposed to it being like, I'm selling myself all the time. And so it was really easy to, easy for me to talk about marketing yourself as a creative. And then I would be working, doing a job and then coaching actors on the side. Cause I loved doing it. And then all of a sudden I just was, I, I was making my living as an actor and coaching. And then when I came to LA, uh, I started to get in a bad mood when I would have to cancel on my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and have to go to an audition. And I was on set one day and I was like, what am I doing here? I've got like three clients this afternoon that I would much rather spend time seeing. And it was the easiest switch for me in the world. And it was, and I feel very lucky that it was because I think a lot of people quit or leave acting out of a disappointment of some sort. They never got to where they wanted to do or something. Not everyone has that story, but I felt it was so easy for me to say, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. And all of this acting stuff applies because it is about what does the person across from you want, what, which is, you know, an acting thing. Like, what is the motivation of that person? What's your objective in the scene? What is your objective in writing an email? What is your objective in reaching out with this piece? So like, it came super organically to me and easy. Yeah. Did I answer the question? Oh, huge. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. No, you answered it and more. I was just going to say what what a blessing to have that clarity and to be able to point at that moment when you're sitting on the commercial set as an actor, which like you were a very prol- prolific commercial actor. You were doing well. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to walk away from something that I worked really hard for and I used to love because I see now that there is something else that is really lighting my fire. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I will I will say this. Like, so when I got to L.A., I booked like four TV shows right away. And so I got a taste of what it would be like to be on a TV set. So that was the, the piece of this that helped was I did get to experience what that would be like and get to go, oh, yeah, this you guys can have this. This is not for me. This is so cool. And it's great. And it is not as fun to me as coaching people. Right. And so I did have I think that that was part of a blessing as well as being able to experience like some fun sets. Um yeah, I think that made it a little bit easier for me because I was like, oh, cool. I could do that, but I actually really love this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is it that you love about it? Is it that you're you're really into helping people? That's not how I experience it. Interesting. How I experience it is when I read something or watch something or learn something, my first thought, and this I think is somehow how I'm wired or how, I don't know, is how can I share this with the people that I help. So how can I share what I've just learned in a way that they can use it? And so it is inherently about helping people, Mm -hmm. but part of what I I know keeps me motivated is watching someone see themselves differently. Mm -hmm. So certainly I want you to have success. I want you to get fabulous representation. I want you to get an agent manager. I want your film to get tons of attention. I want your photography to get tons of, I want your writing to be winning awards, right? But what I notice is by getting people to show up more or be willing to put themselves out there, they suddenly see themselves differently. And to me, that is, that's, that's worth its weight in gold to see someone see that confidence and clarity inside of themselves. And, and, and that is what I, I, I love to watch happen again and again in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I've definitely seen that in action because we'll be on these coaching calls for your program, Actors Operating System, shout out. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I am a paying member, so this is not, not a paid advertisement. 
if anything, I'm paying to advertise for you. Uh, <laughs> just just want to be clear. But like, what I love about it is that you you want everyone to be well-rounded people. So people can come in with questions that are not just related to, oh, what's the best headshot for me to put up on Actors Access? Or Sorry. what kind of... Uh, TV shows should I be trying to target? It's not just those kinds of questions. It's right. also someone will come in and say, you know what? Like, I do not feel confident in myself as an actor right now. What mm -hmm. do I do? Mm -hmm. And that's, right. that's a big, deep question. And totally. Like watching yeah. the way that you coach me and other people through figuring out a solution and an answer like you're not going to immediately make it better but you're going to like just pull back the curtain and be like look yeah. here's some here's some options for you yeah <laughs> and you know and what you said so beautifully katie is there's a place for both of those questions right absolutely and, and that's kind of how i started which is like i just believe that you should be able to have both of those things going on at the same time which is so different than here's a to-do list or because i think that creatives can either be like you could be super feelers who can hardly ever take action because everything feels huge or you can be super type a where you're moving so fast that you're missing some of the enjoyment of your career and so this like beautiful middle ground look katie raises her hand this beautiful middle ground where you can experience as you go yeah yeah i was raising my hand for the type a thing uh, totally good. as you know and that was something else i was going to bring up with you so i feel like we're really there's some synchronicity here because i was thinking just right right brain versus left brain so people that you coach, they're very creative and some of them are way too far into being sensitive artists and they just don't even want to write an email. And then other people like me are very like, oh, I've got a perfect website and I have a manager and an agent, but like you want me to feel things? Ugh. Yes. Yeah. So this is such a good question. So here's what, here's what I think. So the truth underneath, no matter what kind of way or behavior you're having or habits you're establishing in your career and your creativity is the truth of it is you are called to whatever that creative form of expression is, right? So Katie is called to being an actress. Um, this person's called to being a writer. This person's called to being a photographer. So when you are most aligned with what the universe wants for you, you are acting. When you are most aligned with the universe wants for you, you are writing, which mm -hmm. is why you so often will hear someone who's like, yeah, I'm like not feeling really good about stuff and da, 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 da. And you'll be like, so have you acted recently? Or like, have you been writing? No, I haven't been writing because I haven't been feeling and I haven't been feeling good about it. And the truth is one comes from the other. Mm -hmm. You feel so much more, I would say like divinely aligned when you are doing the thing you were called to do. Mm -hmm. So when I always say like someone's like feeling cranky about their acting career, my first reaction is, well, are you acting? Like how often are you acting? Okay. That's the first thing we're going to do. Cause we need to get you connected with that true source that you have. And then we can talk about doing some fancy acting, you know, creating a, getting the perfect headshot or website or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. what I find in terms of like a balance of these two parts of someone, um, I want to make sure you have full permission, Katie, to be a person who's effective at the stuff, like at the business side, like you're allowed oh, to be that person. I'm not putting myself down for that. It's just Good. kind of to use the friends analogy. I always wanted to be a Rachel or a Phoebe, and I had to really just accept that I'm a Monica. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's been my journey as an adult. Yes. There is no shame in that. And I think w when I realized that was when I was doing comedy, like sketch comedy, 
or improv, I would always be the team leader, always the one organizing the practices, hiring the coach, getting the rehearsal space, spreadsheets up the Uh wazoo. And people liked me doing that too. Yeah. So it's not all negative. No. Of course. But at the same time, I think that uh, part of my journey was learning to not always have to be that person, letting it go. The only comedy group I'm in right now that's still going, I am not in charge and I love it. Well, see, that's what I was going to say that I always think that the thing that I just want for the person who's the big feeler or the person who's the big doer is that you at least give yourself an opportunity to experience the other way. Like Mm -hmm. you said, like, I'm no longer the leader in this comedy group. I get to be a follower a little bit. Uh You find spaces where, okay, I know this about myself. So I'm going to find a spot where I can say, I can try in that other hat and be the the big doer. I can do like, so like a lot of people, I think as particularly creatives will wrestle with like creating some kind of a database or a way of reaching out with emails, that kind of conversation is difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Say, great, so I'm gonna, this is gonna be tough for me. So I'm either gonna get an accountability buddy or I'm gonna find a coach like Brian or somebody to make me like go into, tread into the uncomfortable zone that I don't like to go to that much so that I don't have to rely only on my own resources. I think that's the perfect place to lean into community or a coach. Mm-hmm. I feel like creative people, like we need that community. We need that accountability because a lot of times this path can feel very lonely and isolating, depending Mm -hmm. on where you come from too. People who might be from a small town or they come from a family that does not support what they do. You know, you got to get with other artists and other people who have chosen this sort of path, this unconventional thing, because like you said, it's if you are the most aligned while doing that thing, that's what's for you. There's that classic question that, I always think about freshman year of my acting conservatory, not even a question, kind of a statement that's posed to a lot of actors at the beginning of their training or career, which I think every actor should ask themselves is, if you can see yourself being happy doing literally anything else, can you go do that? (laughs) Right? And, and it, I ask them that myself that question, like, you know, every once in a while just to check in. And I, I'm so sorry to report. The answer is always no. I'm always just stuck with like, nope, I still still really like acting. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Like I, you is- know, <laughs> I, I remember being asked that. Or everyone gets, everyone hears this at some point. And, yeah. You know, I have like a little bit of beef with that statement Ooh. at the same time that I believe it. Because the beef that I have with it is... Right now, you are recording a podcast, Katie, that probably lights you up and is so fun. You are smiling like this is fun for you, right? And like you enjoy this, right? And so the difficulty with that question, I think sometimes, especially when it's posed to you is like, you just got out of high school. Let's talk about if you could do anything besides being like, you hardly even know what acting in the real world is yet. Yes. No, by the way, feel free to disagree with me. I want this whole statement to be debunked if it's bullshit. Oh, great, great. (laughs) I I feel like you're so, when you hear that statement, it can be like, well, I can't like, I like to play basketball or like there could be other things that you enjoy. And what mm-hmm. happens is I think that the problem with that statement is it becomes branded on us. And so in our creative life, when let's say you are pursuing acting or writing in, in Los Angeles and you have a job other than writing because you need to pay bills and you want some security, sure. that job becomes like an enemy of the people. Like that job becomes me not doing the thing that I said I was going to become some kind of thing. And you're almost not allowed you don't give yourself permission to enjoy 
the mm. money making part of your life. And then that starts a whole cavalcade or cascade, I should say, of feelings around making money. And mm. it becomes a kind of a loop that so- shows up for creative people. And so I think it's really important that we be super mindful that, yes, we want this to be the thing you love to do more than anything else so that you're clear on your purpose. And it is okay if you enjoy your waiting tables job. It is okay if you find yourself making money being an editor as well as being an actor that you can enjoy, you're allowed to enjoy that because I think we have this weird, this is like sneaky thing like, if I like this, then maybe I'll quit being an actor. And I just feel like let the permission slip be there um, because you're not gonna sign it. Like by mm-hmm. giving yourself the permission slip in front of you, like, I could quit being an actor any day and I could sign on the dotted line if I wanted to. It just gives you a little bit more freedom to say, I am choosing acting acting has chosen me and I'm saying yes to its request as opposed to I am a slave to it. Yes. No, I am the brain exploding emoji right now (laughs) because I don't know if I agree with every single thing you said, because I do think that if and when I have kids and they tell me I want to be, they want to be an actor, I will, you know, be like, are you sure? Because it's really fucking hard. You better really want it. You know, yes, like totally. that's there's one that's one side of me. But also, yes, we should be well-rounded people. We should allow ourselves to enjoy other things, not feel guilty about that. And I, I totally agree because, as you know, I've had a million different day jobs to support myself, and I have a lot of other interests. And I think that's something to be celebrated and to lead with instead of hiding it. Yeah. And you just said a word that I think is so important that we tap, we, we hear as a group, which is guilt mm-hmm. because guilt is a poison. I think that guilt is a poison. Like I feel guilty for being at my job because I'm not acting right now. I feel guilty for going home to visit my mom for a week because I should really just stay in LA. So I'm available for all the opportunities in front of me. Like in that, or I feel guilt. I feel guilty for going to my friend's wedding because I'm not going to be in town to book a job or take a meeting or like in that, that chips away at your ability to experience the rest of your life. And, you know, when you meet, I'm going to put this in quotes, successful actors, because I think any actor is pursuing acting is successful in my book, but like, let's pretend there's a level situation here. They're not talking about how all they do is are dogged actors. And all they do is think about acting nonstop. And they're talking about the rest of their life and how it helps to sustain them being able to invest as an actor, invest themselves. And I'm talking about money here. And so I just really think we want to not shortchange our experience of the rest of our lives. And I think that guilt can be the poison that is trying to take that money, trying to take that, take that good juju, take those good feelings away from you and say yeah. like, you really shouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's stealing your joy. Yeah. And why would yeah. we let it do that? Yeah. Absolutely. It's so slippery. It's so, cause we're human beings and we had parents and we inherited all the shit. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, the best um, acting schools or teachers that I've studied with, they do focus on the whole person and they focus on the fact that like, this is a lifestyle your body and your brain and your soul and everything need to be in good shape in order for you to one withstand all of the rejection but two when you do finally book that role or get to do that great project that you wanted to do that you can bring your whole self to it because you know yourself and you feel good about yourself and the trope of the starving suffering actor like that's not helping anybody No, no. And it also, I think, really romanticizes that we're meant to not ever feel security. The creative people are not meant to feel security. If you are secure, you're not hungry enough. 
Like it just kind of goes into that zone of uh, dysfunctional thinking around creativity. Yeah. Now we all, of course, I wish every actor in the world and every artist in the world was paid more money and all of that stuff. That's, I'm not trying to be, just put rose colored glasses on here, but I also think it doesn't serve us in any way to say that's the life I'm meant to have. Yeah. I don't know what it is in me. I think because both of my parents are business owners, like they're their own bosses. And I grew up seeing that and being like, I want to be my own boss. And seeing that they were kind of in charge of their lives and they could set things up in a way where they could enjoy, but also do their business. And so perhaps subconsciously or consciously, I've modeled myself in that way where from the get-go, I was like, yeah, this is going to be hard, but I am not going to be one of those people who allows myself to be a starving actor because I don't see anything that is appealing about that for me at all. Not saying that I need to be making six figures a year at some other job, but like I think there is value to just being comfortable enough to mm. pursue these kinds of things. Uh, yeah. And, and, and FYI, Katie, you're allowed to make six figures at another job and still be a fabulous actor. Just so we're all yes. clear. Yes. No, Hundo P. What I'm saying is you don't have to take this to the nth degree of like, oh my God, I have to go buy a fucking yacht in order <laughs> to be happy. Like, but money is good. And people are so afraid of talking about it. So afraid of like, they're apologizing about it or that kind of stuff. It's like, no, we, we need it. We need it to survive. Right. And, and it's thrive. just energy. I always think like money's money's an exchange of energy. Uh -huh. And so how we think about our money, not to make this whole a money podcast all of a sudden, but but to it's just fine. like acknowledge you know, like we go on these tangents and like sure. it's like, yes, this is we talk about mental health, but I think also the way that our brains are wired related to money is really important, especially as a creative, to think about. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, so, I, and, and I think that, yeah. And I think that like money, one, if we think of money as exchange of energy, because I think sometimes as a creative person, you can have a hard time with earning money even. Like, am I allowed to ask for more in this? Can I ask for a raise? Can I ask for more, more money here? And I just find that creatives are so resourceful that you make the best, like the best secondary job you have, your survival job or your thrival job or your freedom job or whatever you call it. I think you make some of the best people at those jobs because you have an air of unattached to it. Mm. And because you're so smart at, at understanding people and everyone wants that in any any employee they would ever have as someone who understands people and creative people are driven to understand people. So that's why I think it's very easy to find success in that secondary job. And so you deserve to be valued for that job and for that those skills you bring to it, which are the gifts that were given to you as a creative anyway. So um, I just feel like, I don't know, you know, I'm obsessed with creatives and obsessed and I'm, I love them. And so I'm going to always say great things about them, but that's honestly why I think any employer is lucky to say yes to an actor, writer, photographer, to be in any position in their job because they're just so good at reading people, at being with people. And that is such a, a skill that can be hard to be taught. Thank you for saying that. That is such the opposite of what a lot of people think. <laughs> because be, think about, are they going to be here for eight hours a day? Like that's. Yeah. Like, well, and I have be been, here? I have been hashtag blessed to find opportunities for myself where I can be open about the fact that I have occasional auditions. I've got this podcast, but I'm going to get like, I'll get your things done for you. Whether that's editing a video or producing stuff or whatever it is I'm doing for other people, like there's this level of trust. And, and I also find that the right kind of people that I work with that for my quote unquote day jobs, there's a level of respect there that they're like, oh, Katie has a life. 
I like that. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she's got other yes. shit going on and yes. she's going to bring some ideas to the table. She has an opinion. She's not just a paint by numbers person who's just going to do the tasks one, two, three, and then clock out. Like she's going to bring some other energy to the table. Um, right. So I think you're totally right about that. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. That is the biggest online counseling platform online. You can get matched with a very well-trained counselor who will be perfect for you and they will help you with whatever you are going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, etc. So for my sunnies, I have a 10% off code. If you go to betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash cryingbehindpod, then you'll get 10% off your first month and you will be on the way to feeling much better. I want to bring up something else that we were talking about pre-recording. Yeah. So you were open with me that you have dealt with a little bit of depression in the past. And I just wanted to kind of touch on that uh, in however you feel comfortable. But maybe just take me back to like, when was this time? What was going on in your life? And, you know, how were you feeling? Yeah. My lowest time, there's probably like three in my life, right? One was when I was a young person. I was trying to figure out, oh, I think I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I am. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then the other time was uh, I suffered a not dramatic breakup. Like it was a very loving breakup, actually. But it was a breakup that really left a mark. Yes. Um, not because of the breakup, but that would say, actually, that's not true. The breakup didn't leave a mark. The relationship left a mark. It was such a valued and loving relationship that it hurt to see it change form, mm-hmm. to change from romantic to friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the experience of it, just the experience of like my own sadness, depression, whatever. And so what it drove me to do was to really seek out a new way to relate to these feelings. Um, because I didn't know how I didn't have, to, I knew I didn't have tools here. Mm-hmm. And it was the thing, like I saw, I was seeing my therapist at the time, which is great. I mean, I was seeing a therapist and I was also seeing a coach and the coach was also talking about feelings. And this is all following this uh, breakup of a really important yes. relationship in your life. Right. And it was, a and, and, and it was all following it. And it was all like, who am I without that? And asking all kinds of questions like that. And like, I thought this was going to be forever, kind of that kind mm. of conversations going running through my head. And so what what I realized is somehow I realized I didn't have the tools to take care of this on my own. And I that is what led me to my spiritual practice and becoming a reverend, because I totally was seeking out something beyond myself to help me because I knew that I could not do this on my own. Um, and so I found a course of miracles, which if you all know, course of miracles, it's a non-denominational spiritual looking at the world. And I highly recommend it if you haven't found your spiritual path. However, it is the same spiritual truths that are part of Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism. Like it holds the same paths, holds the same truths of all major religions. And it's not a religion. It's not a religion. So let's be clear. Yes. Uh, I, I will put this in the intro, but yeah, for those of you who didn't know, Brian recently in February of this year, uh, became a reverend, which is yeah. 
it sounds very religious, especially to a Jewess like me, but you're (laughs) saying, you know, but you're saying that this is basically a non-denominational spiritual course that you did, that you were, that you found after a breakup and what a beautiful thing to find. And so you're saying that your way of pulling yourself out of that deep depressed place, other than the obvious thing, which is therapy, was right. uh, to tap into this spirituality and God and looking yeah. at things that are bigger than yourself, right? Yes. And it was so, it was grounding. It was hard because of course it's like, am I going to believe this crap or not? Right. And like you said, it isn't a religion. It's just a spiritual belief system. Um, and uh And it just, I found myself having better thoughts is the best Mm. way for me to describe it. And I will say that when I was at my darkest time, like I was, I would listen to an audio book. I don't know if you all have listened to the book. Gwyneth Paltrow made it famous. She's not the one who wrote it, which is Conscious Uncoupling, which is kind of what I had with my partner at the time. Um, And, and it is just a way of the the relationship changing shape. So from no longer a romantic relationship to a a relationship of respect or friendship or whatever, in a way to step away without it having to be dramatic. Right. Um, And I would just literally just have the audio book on all the time because I needed to be with some thoughts other than my own. And that is something that I learned from my friends who are in recovery, which they say in AA, your own best thoughts got you here. Meaning like mm-hmm. your own best thoughts got you to being an alcoholic. So you need some other thoughts going on inside of there. Mm-hmm. And so to me, one of the ways to change behavior or to change the way you're relating yourself is to, like you said earlier, Katie, is don't only be talking to yourself, like bring in like the therapist or to have like this audiobook that I was just listening to a nonstop was some other track running in my head instead of my own track of what's going to happen. We're ever going to talk again, like all the, the Michigas that wasn't helping me. And so it slowly became a way to make me feel a little safer with the feelings, uh, because it gave me a different way to articulate them and to be with them. Uh, PS, uh, for those of, uh, those of you who don't know, he just used a Yiddish word, Michigas. I just want to shout <laughs> this out. Uh, for those, for, for any goys out there, it, it means craziness. <laughs> Yes, I am a, my, uh, my partner's Jewish and I am, uh, and I've been to more seders than Christmases, I think sometimes. Really? I love it. I love it. Uh, not but quite, yeah. but as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's true. Sometimes your brain just wants to do that crazy making and you just have to replace it. I, I had a similar moment uh, several years ago when I was working on my first like actual film that I was directing documentary and it was just so much pressure and I remember I started listening to the audiobook of seven habits of highly effective people and his voice is just very comforting and I had a lot of shit to get done and for some reason it was just very comforting to hear this old man be like yes and then (laughs) you just put the things into the different four quadrants and everything will make sense for you and here's a story of how my book has helped people because like it's probably one of the oldest self-help books yes. that exists. Yes. Uh so I, I can relate to that a lot. And um I think like audiobooks, they're not just good for road trips. It's good for when you're taking a walk. You can put yeah. it on your phone and have it while you're running around your house cleaning. I mean, or you can just listen to Katie's podcast. 
There you yeah, go. Well, but, but what is so, like, Katie, I will just say like, Katie, I would literally go to CrossFit, leave yes. the CrossFit workout floor sweaty, go into the bathroom. You have your own bathroom at my CrossFit, in my CrossFit gym and put on the audiobook Cause I was like, okay. And now I'm by myself and I will have a tendency to go crazy, even though I'm just taking a shower and getting ready to go live my day. So I will put on the audiobook So something is keeping me company other than my thoughts. So it's a really, I think it's kind of a way of hacking into like stopping the tape that's running in many yes. ways. Oh my God. You know, it's funny. I just realized this is very similar to like, you know, when there's a dog who has separation anxiety and you leave the TV on. Yes. Yes. Leave the <laughs> radio like this, on. Yes. It's like the same thing. It's like, okay, I don't want you to think about how much you miss me. So I'm putting on Animal Planet. Watch this. Yes. Totally. <laughs> totally. You are not alone. You are not alone. Yeah, totally. And then one day, you know, it suddenly became a little bit easier and safer inside of myself to be able to talk about it. And it doesn't mean that you know, everything is necessarily healed or what, but it does mean that I can think about and consider and look at that time of my life a little bit differently now. I think that we always can play Monday morning quarterback when we're looking back at it. In the moment, in the moment, it can feel like everything is black. Um, and I, you know, told all of my friends, I need to make a lot of plans. I need to be, I cannot be alone right now. I need to say yes to every activity you want me to like. I was very much like, I need to get out of the house. I know that I get, at seven o'clock at night, I was living by myself all the time. I was like, at seven o'clock at night, I will get sad. So I would love to make dinner. Why don't you come over, we'll make dinner. Like I just very much reached out, which can feel really hard. I think when you're in that dark spot to, to raise a hand and say, I need some help. Yes. Um, but know i think that know that you are giving someone in your life the privilege of being able to be there for you and the dignity of being able to show up for you and it it can be so hard to write that as a i don't want to i don't want to bore them or annoy them or bring them down with my vibes and i just think that you it's trust that it is okay to ask for help Yes, yes. That is something that I've struggled with in the past and, and the way you frame it so beautifully, just like it is. It's a privilege. When someone calls you when they are in their time of need, that means that they trust you. They value your opinion. They care about you. Yeah. And if you don't know what to say, I was like part of what you can feel like is like, yeah, but I don't know what to say if they call on me. Oh, he says, I'm here. Do you want to yeah. watch a movie? Like I was thinking, be... I say like, be the physical equivalent of cashmere to your friend. <laughs> like, just be like, let's let's get above. Let's 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 have some nice music on. Let's have, do you need a glass of wine? Do you not need a glass of wine? Like, like what? Like, how can we make it more cozy? Like, just to to lean into the things that nurture this person. I'm gonna pick up some whatever on the popcorn on the way over because I know you love it. Let's watch a movie. Like to just be there. One of the phrases that I learned when my father died was the hospice worker would come to our house and talk to me, my little brother. And the hospice worker said, your job right now is to stay close and do nothing. Hmm. And that as a doer, which is, I think I identify mostly as a doer, it was just so clear like, oh, there's nothing to be done right now. My dad is dying. My only job is to stay close. And so I think of that whenever someone is grieving or dealing with a big emotion as our job is just to stay close and do nothing. We often think we have to do something and it's the closeness that someone needs unless they actually don't need closeness, which is also not like, I actually need to be alone, right? Like, so you have to just kind of judge that. But I just think that's a, even giving them space is a version of staying close by honoring the boundary, right? So I just think that that phrase runs through my head. And I think it's a book, actually, I've never read the book, but the phrase really stuck with me. Which phrase? Stay close and do nothing. Stay close and do nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
I didn't realize um, that that had happened with your father. I'm so sorry yeah. to Thank hear you. that. Um, do you have any, just to put you on the spot a little bit, because sure. I, uh, do you have any advice for people who are adults grieving, like young adults, you know, grieving their parents passing away? Oh, I mean, I'm not a therapist, so I'll just tell you, I can share no, what works for you. Yeah, what I can share from my own experience. Yeah, that I delivered my father's eulogy and that gave me, I think, way more healing than I realized. That is not to say that everyone needs to deliver their father's eulogy or their parents or whoever they've lost eulogy, but writing about the person that you're grieving, I think it'd be very helpful. Um, and rather than just writing about your feelings about missing them, I think that the writing can be around a testament to them. Like if you were to tell the story of this person, or if you would want someone else to meet this person, what must they know? And that allows you, I think, to, I don't want to say contain, but to maybe capture your experience of that person in a way where it can have a little bit, get closer, um, to a feeling of uh, completeness isn't the, the word because of course my, my relationship with my father is not complete because I have a relationship with my father, whether or not he's here, right? But a sense of that form of my father feeling a little bit more of completeness, the physical being of my father being here, being a little more complete. That was one thing that really, really helped me. The other is of course, deciding, like kind of figuring out like, are you, is being around your family actually helpful? Because mm. it might not be. Mm -hmm. It might actually be that your chosen family, your friends are more helpful, or at least knowing that it doesn't mean you can necessarily say, great, I'm not going to talk. You might still have to be with your family, but just knowing, yeah, they're not going to be the ones who help me process this, or this person isn't the person who helps me process this. So I just have to not go into every situation, kind of expecting something you're never going to get. Right. From just someone. like, that's really smart. Yeah. Just kind of, and also it sounds like you were doing a lot of checking in with yourself and being like, okay, what do I need? How can I get those needs met? And like you said, managing your expectations, because yes, internally, you are grieving, you're going through a lot, but you can't expect that every person you speak to or every situation you walk into is going to help you with that. Right. Or, nor that you actually feel like you need to give that to everyone you talk to. Yeah, you don't right? even need to say anything. Right. The day after your father dies, someone who you don't know will say, how are you doing? And you, you have the choice to say, my dad died yesterday, or you have the choice <laughs> not to, right? And so both of those two things are going on. I think Carl Jung is the one who says that our most prized spiritual possession is the ability to hold a paradox. I'm botching mm -hmm. that quote a little bit, but that I believe that that is exactly true because spiritually in that moment when you're holding that both your father died and there's a person in front of me who I don't know that well, who I don't actually need to tell this to if I don't want to, like that's the paradox you get to hold for yourself. Um, and I think that you're, you're very right when you say uh, that, you know, to know who you're, what, who are you asking for stuff from, right? There was a, there's a time I remember my friend had broken up with her boyfriend and she would, every interaction she would have with him afterwards, they were fully broken up, time had passed and said, I finally had to say to her, every, you're never conversations. Mm -hmm. You're always going to want something more where he says, I was a dick. This is what I did wrong. I'm so glad we're friends. Like you're going to always want a little bit more from those interactions. And I just think it's important when you're grieving to kind of acknowledge that like, there's going to be some feelings of incompleteness. And so we want to be mindful of what expectations we're bringing into that, a relationship. That, that is so huge on breakups. I think, especially when there's a, there's a couple that's been together for a really long time. Um, and they're kind of enmeshed with each other as, you know, as people are. And 
trying to go back to that person for like you're trying to move on the whole thing about a breakup is that you need to move on how can you move on if you're going back to the person that you're trying to move on from like of course there is a good deal of closure i mean when i went through a breakup last year i definitely made sure to like have some long talks with my ex and like we really we really laid it all out there left it on the field like you know very mm -hmm. raw very emotional but I feel like I said everything I needed to say. He said everything he needed to say. And we could kind of move forward however we felt like moving forward without feeling like, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're just saying also reminds me of something that I realized that I also do, which is I, and this might be annoying, actually, I like to feel a degree of ceremony or ritual around endings mm -hmm. and so like i can remember my father died i took a trip my, my favorite place in the world is provincetown which is in cape cod and so i had my fa and so after my father died he died in august and i think that labor day mm -hmm. i went to cape cod and i for three days by myself because to me this was like i need to be with my dad and i need to do it for brian and to me that was like a little bit of the ceremony of that right nice. and like yeah. i remember when i broke up with my ex we had like a, a we we kind of knew it was coming we had like a special conversation at a special place and it wasn't to it can feel like it's to control the amount of anxiety but what it actually felt like it was like a psychic like the same way that you know you go through a bris or a bat mitzvah or whatever, right? So like you have a, a ceremony, a changing of seasons that is a little more recognized by your body and your psyche by by yes. acknowledging it with some formal, some degree of, some little degree I, of formality. I agree a hundred percent because I also think doing that shows respect to the other person and shows like that you acknowledge how important this person or this relationship or whatever was in your life enough to really make a big deal out of saying goodbye and yeah with this same accident i was telling you about we literally like we met in a park and just had a little picnic and just talked you know and, and cried you know, it's sad and it's sad and you cry and you laugh and yeah everyone's a little sad together and it's in and i think it is such a gift to them and to you yeah Say, this was important that we i recognize that i clock this Yes. I move past this with a little bit of reverence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we're, we're all human. We have those, those attachments and they just, they don't immediately just disappear. Mm -mm. And so it's would that they did. Go. Would that they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with me, Brian. Um, yeah. Before you go today. Yeah. I have a segment that I like to call hot tips. Yeah. Hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. Bow, 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 bow. Brian Pataka is having a bad yes. day. You have a client yeah. who is just like, I'm sure we love all of our of your clients, but just difficult. Like you can't okay. get them to where they need to be, right? They're having a like bad, or I don't know, your dog is misbehaving. Sure. Just whatever, whatever a bad day looks yeah. like in your world. Yeah. When you are done with the day, you come home or you're still at home and you turn off your computer, what is a hot tip of something you're gonna do to turn your mood around? I'm going to give a few of them. <clears throat> first things first, if the dog wasn't being a dick, if it wasn't the dog, it would be to snuggle with the dog a little bit because I find that pets just make us be present. You can't be like thinking about the future when you're loving up on your animal. So I mm -hmm. think that that's one thing that helps me. I also will say like, 
I will force myself to change my energy. And let me be clear, I can't actually do that, but it'll look like I'm taking a shower. I'm going to put on an outfit that I feel cute in. I'm going to call a friend and say, let's go to dinner. And I may or may not talk about what's going on, but I'm going to like change my physical energy, like what's going on around me. Like I'm going to take, I'm going to take a shower to wash off the day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to change clothes. Like I always think that's important to like, but at the end of your day to like, to leave a part of your day to like set it aside. Right. And so that would be something that I would do. I also, this is an easy one. I think everyone already knows this one, but like go for a walk, use your body, do something different. I also find that like changing my clothes, like putting on a fresh pair of undies, like it just can make me feel a little like a new, new, it's a new day. Like, yes. just, like it could just get like, I took a shower the other day in the middle of the day. And I was like, this is a revelation taking a shower in the middle of the day. I swear to God. I was like, this is a miracle. Cause I take a shower in the morning. And I was like, I took another one. Right. Um, those are some of the things that I do. And then there's anything else that I do. I mean, also music really helps me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will put like really fun music on at my house. What genre, what artists, what are we trying to have when I'm trying to have fun music, it's probably a little more poppy, maybe Uh a little more dancey. If I'm just like listening around my house, it's not that, but like, if I'm trying to have fun and then also I sometimes need like a minute of aloneness. I've realized like, Mm. I can't go, if I'm having a bad day, the best thing for me to do is go bad day, go straight to go see the friend have dinner. It's like had a bad day take the shower, put on the good lotion, light a candle, put on the pants, put on the, like that little bit of alone time that I have there. That's Mm. like magic time where it's like, we are going to do things that make me feel good in that moment. And I think, you know, like for those people who live with their partners or live with, that can be harder to scope out. So I might have to say to them, like any little bit of alone time, I'm going in the other bedroom right now, I'm going to shut the door and watch TV for a minute. Like sometimes sure flipping on the TV can even help, but I just find this like, little injection of self-care could be like 20 or 30 minutes where I'm alone with myself and maybe or maybe putting on some cute clothes it just will make me just feel just so different like I've washed something off uh, and you've taken care of yourself like it's almost like you're parenting yourself like you're okay Brian time to go take a bath and put on some fresh clothes totally parenting yes that's such a good analogy yes 100% or metaphor yeah yeah, it's like that's what you're doing. And I think that we we need that. We have to remember like, yeah, we got to take care of ourselves. Like you don't have like, yes, you have your mom. She's but she she's, sure. you know, she's doing her own thing now. You're you're an adult. So like yes. be be your own mom sometimes. It's great. Yeah. Oh. Something that really resonated with me that you are so clear on is like, stating your purpose, having a Mm. mission statement in your life. Mm -hmm. And when we were touching on earlier, when you were talking about like, look, Katie, you're happy doing this podcast. That doesn't mean you can't be happy acting. And you know why that is, is because I don't define my purpose as just being an actor. I define my purpose as I am here to make art that has a social impact. Great. So and like, that's such a big umbrella. Right. That gives me permission to write a film to make this podcast to also be an actor right Right. it doesn't pigeonhole me because i like if you look at the trajectory of my life it's just you know i've done a lot of different things yes and in your mission statement uh is you're you're helping creatives get what they want without suffering yeah and that's so cool how did you develop that mission statement did you witness a lot of suffering 
So full disclosure, my yes. coach just said this to me one day and I was like, oh yeah, that's my, that's it. Like she just like said it kind of offhandedly Ooh. Um, and kind of just like gave it to me. So I just want to honor that. I think that defining your mission, congratulations on finding yours, Katie, first of all. Thank you. And <laughs> I think that finding like a life purpose statement or your mission statement, whatever we want to call it is it can be really helpful to have the language and be mindful of not feeling like this language needs to be what's on your website. So even though it is the language that is on like my Instagram and things like that, it could be language that just means something for you. Yes. So be careful. This doesn't become a marketing exercise while you're just trying to define this for yourself. So it can be a little confusing at first when you think mm -hmm. about it. So I want to take out the idea that anyone but you has to understand this at first. Yes. Because um, you could literally say like, I want to make everyone feel the way my grandma rolls made everyone feel. That could be your mission statement. We don't know your grandma rolls, but you know what that is like. And that you means a lot to you yes right right so that's so to me um the help of an outside eye can actually be helpful so asking questions like what do i always bring in the room what do you notice that i always bring in a room whenever you connect with me how do i how do you feel when you're around me are there any colors that remind you of me um is there a metaphor that reminds you of me and just to kind of collect that information mm. and kind of workshop it put it in the laboratory because what often happens is i'll say i'll say to an actor like what is your purpose? Well, my, to do good at this role. No. What's your purpose in the audition room? To just do good in this job or like to play this character. I, and it's so much more than that because there are people in the room who are watching your audition and they're going to get a gift from you being in that audition room that day. What's the gift that they're going to get? No matter if the role is dramatic, comedic, funny, you know, sad, happy, whatever the person's feeling, like no matter what, what's the gift they're going to get by you being in the room? And it might be, oh, they're going to feel a sense of respect. Oh, interesting. That's, that doesn't come to me as one of my things at all. Or they're going to get a sense of like levity. I like to make yeah. people smile, right? Like yeah. you can start. And so I always say like, don't, don't overwork this, allow it that it might be something that comes to you over the course of a week or two weeks, but to start asking the questions and just be a little bit on the hunt for the language that resonates with you because you'll sleep on it and your subconscious will take a good part of this. will do part of this job for you but you just want to get yourself kind of thinking about it and then getting to the answer. So I always find that a life purpose statement, it's helpful if it says something like, I am, I'm going to do a bad one for a second. I sure. am the lighthouse that guides the way for <laughs> wayward ships, right? Wow. So like, okay. to, right, right. That sounds like, <laughs> like Miss Hannigan's life statement purpose before things went bad, right? Like, <laughs> like that would be her, right? Wow. So, deep, deep cut Annie reference. Yeah, I really went there. I really went there. <laughs> Love it. Um, so um, but oftentimes a metaphor can help people find their way through it. So even though mine is really direct, I help creative people get what they want without suffering. The word mm -hmm. suffering to me also relates a little bit. It feels like a spiritual word in some ways. So that's why that word draws me to that. And because I think a lot of creatives can relate to their lives as thinking about it being some degree of like, I have to suffer to be creative. And so I wanted to nail like, that's not what we're going to be doing here. That's not the space that we're going to occupy. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, that's my public facing internally. I might have a different one that says like, I want, I want creatives to change the world, which is also other language that I use. Cause I do believe that. Um, so again, I think it is about being in a discovery mode and workshopping this for a while uh, because having the language to describe this for yourself will give you so much more permission, like you said, Katie. Yes, yes. Give you permission to be whatever fabulous version of yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to do the podcast and to be the actress and to be the filmmaker, to be all of those things and not feel like 
I'm discombobulated. I'm doing two different. These are all two so different. And actually, no, because through all of them, we're, it's like when you see a filmmaker, like that filmmaker is always kind of telling the same story, mm-hmm. right? Because you can tell that's the story that they want to tell. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. And I think another thing that helped me that I'll throw out there, because for a while, I was struggling with the fact that being an artist or being an actor feels kind of narcissistic. It feels like, oh, here's my picture. Here's my stuff. Look at me. Right. And that was hard for me to reconcile because I'm I'm a giver mm-hmm. and I wanted to feel like I'm I'm doing something yeah. <laughs> for the world. Yes. And what I realized that I really it took me a while to believe is that I am doing no one any favors if I am not doing what I meant to do. And also preach, preach, preach. <laughs> hey, no, everybody play that part again. Push the 15 yeah. seconds. Yes. I am not again. doing anyone any favors by like quitting all of this and getting a quote unquote normal job. Secondly, also, not only am I not doing anyone any favors by that, by doing all of the things that bring me joy, I'm able to give that joy to other people. And that's the gift. Yeah. So sometimes, like you said, you got to workshop it. You got to think about it for a while. I wrote a lot in my journal about these kinds of things of like, why the fuck am I doing all this? You know, it's yeah. important. And sometimes to... the question starts there. Why the fuck am I doing it? Like, that's an okay place for this to start. Yeah, that's where I, I was. Yeah. Listen, maybe that's not yeah. for everybody. That's yeah. just kind of like, occasionally I'll be like, what is that point? <laughs> you know, so totally. that's where I start. But then you, you just keep asking those questions and you see, and sometimes you receive those answers while you're showering or while you're out walking your dog and mm-hmm. it'll come to you. So yeah, I really appreciate and, you coming on the show, Brian. And Katie, I just want to just, before yeah. we even leave this is like, be open to other mouthpieces of the world offering the answer to you. Yes. So like your friends are the mouthpiece for the universe. Your mom is the mouthpiece for the universe. Like these are mouthpieces of the universe that are going to give you language. So don't always feel like you have to rely on yourself in this mm. stage. In fact, I would say relying on yourself is actually a, a like bad spirituality in some ways, because you cannot rely on yourself. What you can rely on is the universe's greatest intentions. And so if you can relax into that, like you said, Katie, if I'm working towards the things that I am best at and that I love to do the most, I am having the most maximum, like maximal impact I can possibly have to help the ascendance of the rest of the world, like be who they're meant to be. So that's exactly where you want to be spending your time. And where we want you to spend your time and where we expect you to spend your time because then we get to watch you on your journey and we learn from that. Yes. Yeah. And and also vice versa for you. Like if if you had just stuck with being a commercial actor who sometimes like coaches people on the side instead of just being like, you know what? No, this is this is what really gets me going. This is how I feel. I'm the most effective and the most happy. I'd be in a bad mood. That's you'd be yeah, you'd be cranky. Yeah. You know, we might not even have ever met. Yep. Who knows? And it's the now magic of it. Yeah. yeah, here you are. So it's that that's what's beautiful about life is that it's it's unpredictable. And when I was a kid, did I think any of this was in my future? No, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. So um I really appreciate you coming in today Thanks. and like just opening up your heart to us and you know, giving so much wisdom because you've coached, I don't know, what, thousands of people? Yeah, thousands at this point, yeah. through everything from their life problems to their business problems to their creative problems so i feel like you've you're a sponge you've you've really absorbed a lot of wisdom about like yeah these problems that people go through like they are solvable yeah 
100%. And, and again, the truth of who you are is not damaged. It is perfect. And if you can listen to that before you listen to any voices telling you to play small, then you'll be able to take action, a, a more aligned place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are not damaged goods. I don't care no. what happened to you. <laughs> I won't let you say it to all my listeners, my sonnies out there. <laughs> before we go, uh, or like, you know, before we say goodbye, I just want to know what do you have going on? In your world, how can people get involved with all the fun stuff you're doing? I appreciate the question. And before I even go there, I want to say thank you so much for having me. It's really cool to come on a podcast like this where we get to allow that feelings are okay and we have full permission to feel them and to talk about them because mm. articulating your feelings can be so difficult. So I just appreciate the space that you're creating, Katie, here in the, in the and to invite me on the show. So of I really course. appreciate that. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. And I would love to be in touch with your sonnies. I'd love to be in touch with your listeners. So um, I love DMs. So my Instagram is Brian says that right brain because it's Brian. Uh, so you can <laughs> slide into slide into my DMs and I will gladly write you back. And um, if you are an actor, best place to learn what I'm all about is makeagentswantyou.com. Uh, it's a free training and it's on demand. I'm kind of, I'm the Netflix of acting business coaches. You can just watch it when you want. Uh, and it <laughs> is all about finding representation. But the thing that I love about the training is beyond that it's free, but that uh, whether you're looking for representation or not, it gives you a grounding in who you are as an actor um, in some of the stuff that we talked about today. So I hope that you'll enjoy it. Wait, so this is free? 100% free. Makeagentswantyou.com. Okay, people. I didn't really like I just want to I just want to impress upon you all of you this knowledge should cost a lot more than free 99 so like yes go there thank you Katie I'm gonna put this in the episode description and everything and people can find you on Instagram he's a fun follow he's got his podcast uh yeah. which oh yeah come so, oh i should say so that my fun. podcast is so new i'm hey, not listen, used to saying that katie we're doing, like, you know you know what we're, okay i'm gonna get you in on the lingo you're new you're new okay, to this teach world me. Teach i've me. only been in it for a year but i feel like you okay. know School I, me. so what we're doing we're doing a pod swap right now okay, i'm having great. you on my pod eventually i'll be on your pod yes and we're, we're plugging each other's shows i'm Got sending it. my listeners to you you're sending my listener your I'm listeners in. to me so yes. people you love podcasts go check out brian breaks character subscribe, yeah. follow, whatever we call it, go yes. do it. Yeah. And I promise you we'll have more conversations like this and then Katie will be on there soon. Yay. Yay. Thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it made you feel a little bit less weird about whatever weird brain shit that you're going through. If you want to learn more about Brian and anything that we talked about, you can go to cryingbehindpod.com. That's where I put up all the episode guides. And of course, you can always follow me. I'm your host, Katie Dahl, on all of the things or at cryingbehindpod on Instagram and all of the things for uh, quotes from our guests, little video clips, inspirational things, etc. And we have our private Facebook support group at facebook.com slash groups slash cryingbehindpod. And of course, if you enjoyed what you heard today, I would love for you to leave a review. And don't forget to follow and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, Stay cool, stay present, stay sunny. <laughs> <laughs>
Ew, ew, ew.